0: The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com WinBet to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by IPVanish. IPVanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and, that, and they're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. And make sure you to check out Draft Day 2.0 st- starting August 9th at noon specific. Ryan Real Money Kramer will, will begin drafting for 24 hours straight. The Fantasy Football Marathon will raise money for Daryl, a, a loyal listener who was injured in a motorcycle accident. Head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft day for more details. Welcome, everybody. This is the first official show of the Sports Gambling Podcast Best Ball Show. It's me, Emerson Beery, the Dynasty Analyst with Andrew Robb. Uh, you'll have to tell him your Twitter handle, Rob. We'll get that set up for you shortly. But this is our first show, everybody. Um, so we're excited to get started. We're excited to bring a, uh, a different feel to the fantasy football landscape at SGPN, talk about some best ball, some DFS. Um, but yeah, um, Andrew, do you want to tell them a bit about yourself to start off with?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, excited to start doing this here with you. Um, you know, I, when I realized that you and I were going to be doing this together, I went through and kind of was a little creepy on your Twitter just to see what all you've done, uh, you know, some some different takes by you. So I wanted to see how we were going to mesh. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I've been doing fantasy for, oh boy, about uh, 15 years now. I uh, started to get into best ball about. Three years ago, on and off different sites. Um, I don't know if you remember Draft, uh, but there was a, an app called Draft. Uh, you know, a few years oh, back. Oh yeah, then, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you're a, if you're an OG, you probably were on Draft, and uh, you know they they got bought out, and I got real sad because there was like nowhere <laughs> to do it. You know, DraftKings has it, but you know, there's this kind of uh, hit or miss. So, um, you know, so I was excited when Underdog came in and, and brought this out. So I've been taking a deep dive into it. Um, but yeah, I mean. You know, th- this is really exciting for for us uh, with the sports gambling podcast to be able to do this, uh, reach out to some listeners, and kind of do a, a low level for some and a high level
0: for some. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think it's going to be going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely, and yeah, that and like you touched on, that's what we want to do here. Um, we want to be a show for the you know the newer people getting into it, and as well as the veterans, and provide some uh, advanced strategies as well. Um, I've been a, a, an avid fantasy football player my whole life as well. Um, I, you know, I started off in being an avid dynasty player just a few years ago, but then, you know, a couple of years ago that the, you know, the best ball, the DFS, it's addicting. You know, it's kind of, it's a great uh, bridge between gambling and fantasy football, I think. Um, but I, you know, I've been working in restaurants for 12 years. I, You know, I bartend, I wait tables, manage restaurants. Um and Debbie, you know, I just got into, you know, I've been playing fantasy football my whole life, you know, for the last 10 years. But I just got into content creation in the last year. Started at SGPN about two months ago. So, yeah, this is fantastic. I'm excited to get started. Uh, bear with us. Uh, this is our, you know, this is our first time hosting. We've been on podcasts. But, you know, if there's some awkward transitions, some pauses, we'll, we'll get better at it, we promise. <laughs> uh but yeah, thanks for like thanks thanks for checking us out, everybody. We really appreciate it. Um, today we're going to be talking about um, just an introduction to Best Ball for you know because I think a lot of people are going to be getting into it this month for the first time. August is kind of the big draft time, and I you know DFS Best Ball. But we're going to I think we're going to focus more, a little bit more on underdog today, and we'll get to those other sites here uh, shortly. Um, just some overarching strategies, some major do's and don'ts, and uh, maybe uh, if we have time, maybe dive into some uh, some recent team builds as well. Um, but yeah, um, just for maybe some listeners who aren't too familiar with underdog fantasy. Uh, Andrew, do you want to tell them about it maybe a little bit and uh, why it's so fun? Uh,
1: yeah. So, you know, obviously there's everything in best ball. There's uh, football, baseball, um, basketball. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff on here. Obviously, for us, you know, we, we've we honed in on on the NFL. Um, there's. Big tournaments uh, that you can get into, Best Ball Mania Three. Um, they have puppies filling up. God, what what seems like weekly nowadays. Um, you know, so they range from. Five dollars. Actually, they, they had a Pomeranian too that was three dollars. But um, there's three dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, and then obviously Best Ball Mania is twenty five dollars. And uh, top prize two million dollars in Best Ball Mania three. Second place gets a million. And then if you are the leader, um, you know at the end of the regular season for the points, uh, you can also win a million dollars. So you know, Underdog has a little bit of everything for you. Um, they do also have just. Three-person drafts, um, six-person drafts, 12-people drafts that aren't actual tournaments. You can just pay to get in. And if you just win the league, then, you know, what you win a little bit of money as well. But um, the nice thing about Underdog is, is you know, the user interface. They have so many different ways that, that you can use this. It's very easy to navigate. Um, the platform itself is very easy to use when you're actually in drafting best ball stuff. Um, you know, it's easy to search by team, by player. Um, you can go in there and see what everyone else around you is drafting. So you can kind of change your strategy based on that. But I mean, underdog is, it's just so user-friendly. Um, they're awesome on Twitter too. They post a bunch of different stuff, constantly putting out different people's ADPs. And, you know, there's a Josh Norris and Hayden Winks, um, are the two analysts that work for them that I follow on Twitter and they're constantly, putting out stuff about underdog and, you know, when there's upcoming stuff that we don't know about, you know, they'll always say that, you know, uh, make sure you're paying attention next week. We're going to be launching a new tournament. So they're, they're bringing out all different kinds of stuff. You know, earlier this year, they had a super flex tournament that they brought out that, you know, just, went crazy the first couple of days because people weren't drafting quarterbacks high. And then once you realized that you really needed to, it the, the ADPs foot flopped within like a week of each other. So it was it was really exciting. Um I can't say enough about underdog. They they sent me a free t-shirt as well. I was Uh-oh. having issues with the app. So um their like CEO uh, David uh had reached out to me and was like, Hey, we saw that you put it all on Twitter that you're having problems. Like what's going on? And so I can't say enough about them. You know, it was it was awesome. They got me fixed up, sent me a free T-shirt. You know, apologized, and um, you know, I, I'll be I'll be a loyal fan for as long as they're around. You know, which I feel like will probably be a
0: you know very 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 long time. I completely agree. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with Tom uh, Straken uh, from Fantasy mm, Pros. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm I might be mispronouncing his last name. I apologize if I am. Um, he's a fantastic, and he lives in the UK, and he's a best ball expert. Um, but you know he can't play underdog cuz he lives in the UK mm. and underdog is flying him out to New York next week to do like they're flying you know, on, on their dime to fly him out and do some underdog drafts next week so they are a great company it's super exciting man that's awesome
1: yeah for them to reach out like that and do that 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 really shows you know the gumption that they have you know that they i think that they really believe in their platform which they you know very well should um but it's pretty cool that that they're doing that i mean that's awesome
0: yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, like I was saying, you know, like I think, you know, betters, they, they don't want, you know, uh, fantasy football is awesome. We love it. But the bet- betters aren't exactly looking for that, you know, that season long commitment that like that, you know, managing a roster, waivers, trades. That's not what really it's looking for. So That's why I think it's a great ga- uh, kind of bridge between gambling and fantasy football. You know, people can just hop on. I did a draft this morning. I just like woke up, rolled out of bed. It was like, let's let's do an underdog draft, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and, and, and for it really people- is.
1: For, for people who don't know what best ball is, you know, we probably should have probably should have covered that at the top here. But if, if you don't know what best ball is, you just know what fantasy football is and see that the two kind of go hand in hand. Um, essentially what it is, it's the best thing about fantasy football minus the worst thing. You know, it's the, the draft. Everyone loves the draft. Uh, you love to get in, build your team, construct it, you know, kind of play that game for however long the draft takes. And um, the nice thing about best ball is that you you don't have to change anything. There's no waivers, you know. If somebody gets hurt, you know, that just is what it is. There's no refilling the team. Um, but every week, you know, you get your best players uh put into your starting lineup essentially. So if you have, you know, eight wide receivers, uh the the top three go into your starting position so you don't have to worry about who to play every week. you know you, you're just essentially drafting, set it and forget it. um you know so for those of you who who don't know what it is it's it's just playing your your roster essentially and, and you don't have to worry about setting the lineup. so it's it's really nice. I, I know a lot of people who play fantasy football. um I've actually talked to a lot of people who have never played best ball, got into it, and they're they're hooked. i mean it is it is
0: honestly the best thing about fantasy football, you know is just drafting absolutely i 100 agree with you it's my favorite part so that's why you know underdog it's been addicting over the summer i've been getting into it a ton and if you drop in the sgpn promo code just type in the sgpn to that promo code box And underdog if you deposit 100 they will match that up to 100 um, but diving in here um we were going to talk about some underdog uh best ball strategies some overarching ones uh for some of the new people we we're just getting into it is there any um just main strategies that you go into a draft with or are you letting the uh, draft board dictate what you're doing
1: So honestly, it has changed. Um, I started drafting as soon as the the latest tournaments came out this year. Um, And I was going kind of a little bit uh, RB heavy to start off the year. There just was seemed like a lot of value there. So I I was kind of doing that. But it has definitely flip flopped. I will go uh, either hero RB or superhero RB. Um, You know, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's either drafting one elite running back and then waiting till later on in, in the draft, you know, after around eight, nine, 10, somewhere in there to draft my second one. Um, you know, or superhero RB, which is uh, drafting two at the very top and then waiting, you know, a very long time to do that. So that's kind of where I tend to to, to do it nowadays. Um, but actually, I just did a draft two nights ago and went extremely wide receiver heavy. I mean, I think I took six wide receivers to start off the the draft and then didn't take another one until like round 13 or 14. Um, so I mean, it's, it's fun to play around with it. Um, but I would say hero RB and superhero RB are the ones that I tend to, to lean towards. Uh, how about you?
0: You know, it's I, I'm more of a let the board dictate what I'm doing, and what the board has dictated I'm doing this year for the most part is I'm starting running back heavy on this top. Um, man, just you know, i like you know, I like I like the big four wide receivers in the first round. If I can't get JT, if I can't get CMC, um, I don't. I like starting off with Jefferson, with uh, Chase Cup, maybe, and I throw Diggs in there as well. I you know I think those are the lineups that I think are best. But after that, you know, Saquon Barkley. Um, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones in the second round, I think are great values. I'm a big Javante Williams guy. I think Melvin Gordon's going to take a step back this season. I've been pounding that drum. I love him at that that end of that second, top of the third. And that's where he's been falling lately. Um, Alvin Kamara's he's 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 going he's you know he's going more and more up that draft board. But man, that was an automatic for me in the mid third. Just when you, just when you're trying to play to win, I think you take those gambles like Alvin Kamara. It, it kind of seemed like it was going to be maybe next season. So I like to take those kind of gambles. I was, uh, you know, I my most exposed to player up until two months ago was Rob Gronkowski. Those that that's the negatives. That's what oh. can happen when you gamble and fail. I I was like, there is no way, Brady is coming back without Rob Gronkowski, and I was wrong. Uh, but I've I've since I've since fixed it. It's uh, I've I've done a lot of drafts since then. But for the beginning of the summer, I was just like nine nine round 9 or 10 Rob Gronkowski Rob Gronkowski every time um so that was a little bit disappointing but yeah i've just been starting off running back heavy and then i'm only but so you know especially in those larger tournaments you know i'm i'm just assuming i'm right when when i nail it i'm drafting just 3 to 4 running backs and i i want 8 to 10 wide receivers on my team just cuz you know and just hoping that each week i can just get a few hits in there that you know so that's been my main strategy but like i said i really do let the draft board dictate what i do um you know there are certainly drafts where i start off strong at wide receiver there's draft you know I'm, I, i'll am i take the quarterback early you know like i said i pretty much let the draft board dictate what i do
1: nice nice so so, so you said something interesting there
0: uh so you normally only take three or four running backs like in the whole draft if, if i if i take them really if i like a lot of drafts i've done like cam acres i'll take cam Akers as my third back in the fourth round and at that point i'm just assuming i nailed it you know and you know i think that's best especially even in a 12 team league you know you're just playing with 11 other people who are all trying to win um, if, if, if one of my big guys goes down, I'm probably not going to win anyway. So I'm just assuming I nailed my picks. I'm going to take, you know, eight to 10 wide receivers, really just try to hit those spike week guys each week. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, that's my main reason for doing it. Just, you know, just not betting against myself, assuming that my early picks are correct, because I think that's the uh, best way strategy to win.
1: Man, that is bold. Uh, and that, you know, this is the nice thing about fantasy is everyone looks at it differently. Like I'm more of a stay balanced kind of drafter, so I want to leave the draft with no less than five running backs. Um, and you know, I mean, we all know running backs get hurt um, pretty easily, and I just don't want to take the risk of. All right, I have these three guys. I know they're awesome. But if they get hurt, I'm just kind of out of it. I, I want to still feel like I'm going to be in it. So I like to take long shots on a mm-hmm. couple of guys towards the end of the draft. And, you know, I'll, I'll definitely take eight or nine wide receivers as well. Um, I usually, you know, do like to stay balanced, though. So that's that's interesting. You know, it, it's awesome. You know, Twitter – people always are posting um, their teams after they draft them. And I love to look at it and just look at the build. You know, what did they do? How many of each uh, position did they draft? Uh, when did they draft him? Um, you know, I, I like to kind of hone in
0: on that. So it's, it's interesting to hear you say that you're cool. Taking just three or four, you know, I, most drafts, I probably do end up with five, you know, most typical drafts. But like I said, if, if I took three backs in the first four rounds and they have different bye weeks, I'm content going with three. Um, you know, like I said, if, if I invest a significant pick in a running back and they go get injured, that's probably not going to happen anyway. Um, you know, and it's just interesting this year because it's gone so wide receiver heavy. Uh, in the past, I was always into drafting wide receivers because everyone just drafted running backs. And, they you know, they were drafting just, just ridiculously high. You know, the, the running back 28 was going in the f- fifth round. So – if we were now, it's 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 gone completely the other direction, which is it, which is why I've been going so running back heavy. It's it's you know it's shocking to me to see like guys like a uh, uh, Cam Akers, who, I I understand the injury risk, but being the lead running back in that offense going in the in like the fifth round a lot of times, man, that that I I get the risk, but man, if he hits like that's a league winning, that's you know I know that's an overused term, but that's a league winner. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, speaking of of Cam Akers, you know that's somebody uh, that's
1: interesting to me because good offense they like to run the ball there they like to pound it um but obviously he's had his his injuries here so how do you feel about daryl henderson you know if you miss out on acres are are you willing to maybe take henderson as your last guy since he's same offense same kind of running back in in my eyes um you know and obviously isn't any
0: less or more injury prone than than acres um henderson is a guy you know what what it, once his name starts popping up in those next 10 to 12 names, he's one of those guys I've been clicking, you know, him, Jamal Williams, guys who, you know, ha- handcuffs to s- running backs who are often injured like DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers. Those are definitely li- great late-round dart throws. Um, Jamal Williams is my favorite w- one in, in that range. I've been, you know, every time he comes up, I've been drafting him. I've been getting a super high exposure. But Darrell Henderson, I mean, he showed us last year that he can be super productive in that offense. I th- They showed us in the playoffs that I think, they really do. They love Cam Akers. Yeah. You know, for, for whether we agree with it or not, they're, they're, they're big Cam Akers. You know, Sean McVay loves Cam Akers. Um, I th- certainly think if he's healthy, he's going to get the first crack. You know, he's going to get the bulk of the carries unless he really, you know, the playoffs that two yards a carry continues into this season. But Drell Henderson is a great throw. And if Cam Akers isn't himself, that's, that's a great guy. You know, in a Rams offense lead running back, that's going to be a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. So diving into the next question here, is there any strategies you would say that for, for people who may be just doing a few underdog drafts, as opposed to maybe, you know, we, you know, we, I was, you know, is there a different strategies you would say necessarily when you're just doing a few drafts versus if you're just, you know, if you're doing hundreds of drafts?
1: Uh, I mean, it, I, I don't think it's too different in my eyes. There's probably two things that I can think of off the top of my head that I would definitely, um, you know be conscious of uh one would be keep an eye on bye weeks um if you're drafting a bunch of teams i I don't really worry about it like i mean i'm gonna draft as many teams as i can i'd I'd like to be over 100 at the end um you know when it's all said and done um so i'm gonna not worry about bye weeks too much but if you're honestly only putting in maybe 10 teams uh you know definitely be conscious of bye weeks you know you don't want to get yourself out of a league because you drafted you know eight guys by week you know 14 which i think this this year's that's by NATO, I believe, is by 14. Um, there's so many teams on by that week. So so that's one thing. You know, just keeping keep an eye on the bye weeks. Uh, make sure you don't, you know, run yourself out of it um by not paying attention to that. The other thing again is is to me it's stay balanced. Um, you know, try to draft balanced teams, you know, the two quarterback six running back eight wide receiver two tight end or maybe two quarterbacks five running backs eight wide receivers three tight ends you know don't get too wonky with it i'd stay balanced if you're only going to have a few teams in there again if you're doing 100 to 150 you know get get crazy with it go (laughs) go three qb never go full qb you never go full four qb okay i i am never ever ever you know I'm, I'm fully against that i i don't see the value outside of super flex leagues of taking four quarterbacks even if you wait you know towards the end of the draft and want to take three that's fine three three is cool um i'm not an advocate for four um but yeah so so again just stay balanced um you know that's for the people who are only drafting a
0: few you know don't don't get too crazy with it in in my opinion you know i i totally agree with that you know um Definitely. You want to be. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get too crazy. You don't. You, everyone talks about unique lineups. You don't need to get too unique if you're just doing five to 10 drafts. You know, my biggest thing, though, is, you know, if you're just doing five to 10 drafts, you can really, get, you know, the guys that you love, draft them. Get get your guys, you know, and you, you can kind of you don't have to expose yourself to the guys that you don't like that much. Um, you know, you can go a little bit more off your rankings, especially if you don't have that much high stakes into it. But when you are playing in one, you know, 100, 200 leagues, you know, just get it, you know, ridiculous amounts. I think it is important to expose yourself to a lot of their players, even players that you you aren't fans of. Um, just considering, you know, how wrong we are sometimes about the fantasy football landscape. It's important. There's no, there is almost no player, and especially in the top 150 players, that you should have no, like, zero roster percentage of if you're in, you know, 100, 100 plus leagues you definitely want to be drafting you know getting differences make, yeah creating unique lineups um make making things a little bit different especially if you're in these larger entry leagues you don't want to be making just the same lineup each time you want to be differing it up a little bit um if you took, went running back if you've been going running back heavy like I have been um I've been making a conscious effort in my uh in my puppy tournaments to be going a little bit more wide receiver heavy these last couple of weeks I know that I've been I've been just hammering running back early, Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley and Brees Hall, you know, in the first three of my first four picks. And, you know, I don't want to, I think those guys are going to have great seasons. That's why I'm, that's why I'm drafting them there. But I also want to be conscious that wide wide receivers did, you know, the high-end running backs, they, they lost last season. If you, if you were significantly invested in the RB ones last season, it probably did not work out for you doubt with COVID uh, it just seemed like every running back was missing in the fantasy playoffs. Um, if you went wide receiver heavy, it was definitely um, it was definitely the winning strategy last year. Um, I'm all, I'm going to slide into another promo though. Um, if you're thinking of joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get $100 bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. Their reduced juice in baseball games make them the best place to play to bet MLB. Plus, the Winbet Casino is always open 24 hours a day, where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to teams, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through Winbet is available. If you are someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And th- those are kind of what, what we're talking about there. You know, I, I, I'm tr- I going to learn how to slide in those promos a little bit easier. I, I was getting, you know, we have these mid-rolls. I I, I was uncomfortable. I was like, man, we got to throw this out there. So we'll, we'll get a little better at the transitions and everything. But I just wanted to throw out one other promo for us there. But, you know, that that's one of the things that um I definitely think about, though. You just, uh, the people I try to, give advice to both people because not everybody's doing hundred leagues. Um, I see people on fantasy Twitter talking about just like, you know, they these just extra eccentric lineups where I've, I've drafted George Kittle, Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts. And this is the most, you know, one is going to have this lineup. <laughs> so, so I like to give my best, like that's probably not good advice to the average person who's just doing 10 to 15 drafts this year.
1: Yeah, no, 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 definitely. Um, The, the other thing I, you know, you were talking about, uh, drafting people you like and stuff and and i'm all about if you're going to draft a little bit you know only eight ten twelve teams whatever have fun with it you know you're you're spending your hard-earned money on something have fun with it um you know don't go crazy and just like get stressed out about it have fun um you know if you want to use your fandom and draft some of your favorite players you know a little early i'm, I'm totally fine with that you know it's if if you're here to honestly just win it you have to set your fandom aside and you have to try to pick you know the best players available you know construct your roster but again you know if you want to use your fandom and and pick players that you like just because you like them that that's completely fine with me you know there's there's no wrong way to do it um i am gonna have to talk to kramer though a little bit about drafting so many giants i mean man he just gets crazy with it and i'm gonna be doing draft day with him i'll be there the whole 24 hours as well um should be on the live stream for bare minimum 12 hours of it um but i'll be jumping on whenever he needs me to so it's gonna be a long day but i'm definitely gonna have to talk to him throughout the 24 hours and be like man you gotta you gotta lay off a little bit
0: i mean diversify the portfolio for sakes <laughs> oh man it's i feel it feels like somebody's got to hit it feels like somebody's got to hit there though um my bet I, i've been putting some uh, late round dart throws in the Kadarius tony i really he's not someone i'm i've been drafting in dynasty or anything like that it, his his off the field, you know, just missing practice due to equipment issues, personal issues, um, kind of continuing into this season as well, having some disgruntled uh, some disgruntledness in the locker room. Uh, you know, it's a little it's a little concerning for me for just a second year player. Um, you you know that's when you think you'd be trying your hardest and behaving the most. Uh, but man, that, that the potential you saw it last season in just a couple games. So he's uh, definitely my late round dart throw. Kenny Galladay, oh. Gosh, I'd like that was such a rough season. And I, I would, I was looking for him to be dominating camp. Like, you know, I'd just be just dominating these New York Giants cornerbacks. That's not what we're hearing though. Um, The camp reports have said he's getting struggling to get target separation. And so that I I was actually getting a pretty high exposure to Kenny Galladay early on in the summer, but I've been avoiding these last couple of weeks just because I it's a, it's a little concerning to me that he's, he's not doing well in giants practice.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I totally agree. Um, it was actually funny. This morning I saw somebody post a video and said, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay looks awful at camp. And I think they were actually <laughs> throwing shade at, at Daniel Jones because the throw was like way off kilter. It was way in front of Galladay. Um, so I, I I'm going to try to not read into it that much. Um, again, I do like uh, Galladay. Um, I think Kadarius Toney obviously has shown that he can't stay healthy, even in the college, you know, he was, he was getting uh, injured. So if, Tony for some reason is out for the season. Um, I think Galladay could be a big winner for you, especially where he's mm-hmm. going currently right now in, in ADP. So I like Holiday. Um, I'll still continue to draft him. I, I think right now my exposure is like thirteen percent on him, so it's not high, but I'd like mm-hmm. to maintain that throughout my draft. Keep it around that because I, I do think that the Giants are going to have to throw the ball a lot. Um, and again, you know, I I, I think Galladay is a good talent if he can stay healthy and you know get some sort of connection with uh, with Dan Jones, as Kramer now calls him. <laughs>
0: You know, it's funny. I was uh, I did my underdog draft this morning, but I, I shouldn't have done it because I, you know, i was setting up for this. I was nervous. I, you know, I I don't know why I popped in and I I auto picked Kenny Galladay. So there there's getting a little bit more Kenny Galladay exposure for me. <laughs> uh, that's fun though. Yeah, these underdog drafts, like I said, are too addicting. I'd roll out of bed and start one. Uh, my job <laughs> my job doesn't love it. Sometimes I'm behind the bar, doing a few underdog drafts. <laughs> but uh, moving on here, but you know just you know we were kind of talking about the difference between the larger entry leagues and and you know and well we were talking about you know you know being in 100 leagues or you know compared to being in 10 leagues but you know there there's plenty of different formats as well um we have your on underdog you have your standard you can be in three team leagues you can be in like six team leagues 10 team leagues 12 team leagues and then you can be in those larger entry ones where you know the prize is two million dollars it's one million dollars and you know there's a there's a hundred thousand people in it do you have some different strategies that you try to take on as opposed to, you know, when you're just in a 12-team underdog draft, you and just 11 other players versus a bigger prize pool, you're drafting against 80,000 to 100,000 other people? So, yes and no. Uh, to be fully honest,
1: like, I don't do many that aren't the the big entry ones, man. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for the moon. I mean, uh, you know, spending – 20 bucks on a 12 person draft. That's going to net me 50 something bucks. Like, I, I mean, I can't retire on that. So, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to shoot for the moon. Um, But if, I, I have obviously done a few um, for research purposes and uh, obviously to get ready for, uh, you know, regular redraft leagues as well. I, I hate, Doing any kind of mock draft, it just it, it doesn't hold my my attention because I know it's for nothing. So at least if I'm doing it this way, you know, and trying to win a few bucks, it's all right. So uh, um, honestly, I don't change it up too much. Um, I guess I don't prioritize stacking as much, though. That's probably one of the biggest things is in the you know big entry tournaments. Um, obviously, when you get to the end of the season, you want to try to correlate. You want to try to have those stacks. Someone's a team, um, you know, goes on fire week seventeen. You have as much exposure to that team as possible. In these ones that you don't need to beat so many people at the end of the year, um, I don't worry about that too much. But outside of that, no, I'll, I, I kind of just draft them the same way. I'm I'm drafting how I draft all the time because I believe in my rankings, my tiers. So, you know, I, I kind of stick to it. Um,
0: Do you feel the same way? You know, I, I differ up my strategy a little bit. I, I'm glad you said that mock I cannot. I, I joined mock drafts. And then I'm just then I, I have an attention span of a squirrel. And then so I then I end up getting auto-draft. I'm like, I'm sorry, sorry guys. You know, I just it just can't hold my attention. Oh. I cannot mock draft. It's I, I, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I, I can't do it. Underdog three dollar drafts. If if you want to, if you want to do uh just mock drafts, go to the underdog three dollar drafts, it at least holds your attention and is a better indicator because like I said, plenty of people are like me, everyone's getting auto-drafted. It's, you know, you're, you're drafting against computer bots. It's, it's not a good indication, I think. You go to these underdog drafts, you're going to get some sharp drafters as well. Um, but I differed up a little bit. Um, I, I was telling you that I do, um, that I like to assume I'm right in the early rounds and don't like to uh, hedge my bets too much, I should say. You know, if I'm drafting Cam makers in the fifth round, I'm probably not targeting Darrell Henderson because I'm just assuming I nailed that. Cam makers is going to be great. That's what I'm assuming when I draft that team. Um, but yeah, especially, but I think it's extra important when you're in these larger entry leagues, you're trying to maximize potential. If you're, there is no chance. If Saquon Barkley goes down with an injury, there is zero chance that you are winning a million dollars with him in your lineup. So I just like to assume I'm right. If you, if you draft, whoever you're drafting in the early rounds, assume that they are going to be playing 16 or 17 games, or at least, you know, 15 and you are rocking and rolling. Um, If you, when you hedge your bets too much, I think you know you're 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 losing that kind of potential high end and that's what you're going to need to to you know to beat because it's cra- you know the odds to win are crazy you know you're you got to win your 12 team league in the 14 weeks and then you go into another 110 person tournament and then you got to be that one who goes into another 110 person tournament so the odds of winning are long shot anyway I definitely like to assume I'm right um but also you know like you would definitely want to get more like that's when you want to get a little bit more unique possibly you know maybe i i would never advocate going double tight end early but if you know if in an underdog draft um you know in in those big entry leagues you know if if travis kelsey and mark you know that's unlikely probably compared to where their atps are but if you end up with travis kelsey mark andrews you know maybe you know maybe they light up this year maybe like they both have 13 1400 yards and you know if that's the case that's good that you know but you are right in it you can definitely uh you're right in it to win it so it's just yeah like i said you can get a little bit more unique there um i i certainly get a little bit more eccentric in those lineups versus 12 team leagues you know you're going you're going up and you, you have a lot higher chance to win i'm fine you know if if cam makers goes down and you can plug in derrell henderson and you still have a good chance to win a 12 team league so i, I could say that's the biggest difference for me
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. You you mentioned, uh, you know, you said Kelsey and Andrews. You said oh, you probably can't do that. Um, you can, but you really got to not be stuck on ADP. Um, you know, <laughs> if you're a pick 10, 11, 12, um, you can take Kelsey and Andrews. Obviously, you're taking way up on Andrews, but it's possible. And um, I, I forget who it is on Twitter, but I've seen him do it like multiple times now where he has taken Kelsey. Andrews came back around in three, four turn and took Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And I was like, man, I was like, that's so interesting ah, because there's going to be not that many people who do that because nobody wants to draft tight end, tight end like that. And then, and then to go and take quarterback quarterback right away, you're taking no running backs no. and no wide receivers through four rounds. Like that's, no. that's a little insane to me. Um, But I mean, it could definitely work. I mean, his teams don't end up bad, but to me, it would just, it would make me so nervous because I'm like trying to uh, scrounge for the the best wide receiver and running back I can possibly get. And it might, it might take me off of my adps a little bit which is fine but at the same time it just it's it's you got to have some gumption uh, knowing that that you're taking number one and two tight end and possibly the you know two three three four quarterback um so i mean it's 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 interesting to do it i've seen it happen but it's uh it's it's more of a rarity than that people probably think
0: you know i I understand the tight end because you could start them both you can put you can put one of them in your flex position but the core double tap on quarterback there that doesn't make much sense to me um, I mean you are really gonna you are maximizing your quarterback play that is for sure but I mean yeah I mean you're most of those guys' great weeks are just going to be cannibalized by the other one you're not going to be able to play the other one um, so that that doesn't quite make I mean I think that's a little bit more viable in a smaller league um, like we were saying 12 team league I I promise if that is a puppy bowl or something like that there is zero chance that that person is going to win in my opinion um, but if Like I said, in the 12-team league, you can get away with that. You know, you're drafting, you you can hit on some back-end guys. I think that's a little bit more likely, but I still don't love it. That's something I would never, ever do. Um, When I draft Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes in the four or five, I'm betting on them starting almost every week for me, and I'm drafting one quarterback at the end of the draft, like Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, somebody like that, to just if Mahomes or Lamar Jackson bust a couple weeks out of the year or on a bye week. Yeah. And uh, honestly, like
1: the biggest reason why I don't like doing tight end tight end like that or, you know, tight end quarterback tight end is that it kind of takes it out of being able to take a value at tight end um, in the draft. You know, if you're taking two elite tight ends, you're probably not taking a third or, or at least you shouldn't. I mean, there's really no reason to, you know. So it's if there's something that happens where a tight end falls to you, like um last week I had taken Dalton Schultz in like ADP ninety something. He's ADP, he was like thirty picks behind ADP, just nobody was taking him. I, I passed him up multiple times. And finally I got to the point I'm like, okay, I I, I can't let this go. Like yeah. how many people are gonna get him in the nineties? So Um, you know, it's, it's, but if I would have had two tight ends, I would, I just would have kept on passing them because there's just no reason to take a third when you already have two elite ones. So it, it kind of, it really messes up the ability to take a value at one of those positions. If you go hot, hot and heavy at the start of the draft.
0: That's a great, that's a great position. That's that, you know, that's a great take because yeah, I found myself in positions where, you know, yeah, there's a quarterback tumbling down the draft. There is a tight end tumbling down the draft and man, I'm like, ah, I drafted, you know, I drafted Lamar Jackson. I drafted uh, Travis Kelsey, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't do this. You know, I have to keep just drafting wide receivers because I, I punted the position. So uh, that, you know, that's one thing I've noticed, especially when I'm drafting quarterbacks is that if I take Lamar Jackson early, man, it's just like, I'm staring at Matthew Stafford or Tom Brady in the 10th round. It's like I could have had them like five rounds later. Um, you know, like I, in, in my drafts where in the puppy drafts and larger entry ones, that's another one where I'm more apt to take a Lamar Jackson. Um, just because, man, he could just, you know, if he has over a thousand yards rushing, you know, you might just he might just power you way, your way to the uh, million bucks. But um, in a regular 12 team draft, I do find it just a little bit more viable strategy to wait on quarterback. I you know, I, I prefer that Trey Lance, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford to kind of tier. They're all kind of they're all fairly close in ADP in that kind of eight to nine round. Oh, maybe that's a little maybe seven to nine round range. Um you kind of, it kind of varies from draft to draft, but that, that's usually the lineups I'm most happy with ones that I hit running back and wide receiver pretty hard early in the draft ended up having, you know, a couple, at least a couple of each by round six or seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 totally agree. And, and um, you know, I, I think you hit on it about taking, you like your team when you take wide receiver and running backs early. Um, You know, I feel like there's a bigger drop off from them in the later rounds. than there is the quarterbacks or the tight ends, you know, it's tight end. You ever, you you, uh, hear people say great or late, you know, take one of the great ones or just wait, because statistically, I think it's from anywhere from tight end six to like 14, you know, they're within a couple points of each other on a weekly basis or, or, you know, maybe within 20 points throughout the whole season. So to me, there's really no reason to, to reach on a, you know maybe tight end 789 when you could just wait and take 12 13 14 maybe 3 or 4 rounds later um same thing with quarterback you know i i don't mind waiting on quarterback because there's guys there that i like to pair up you know i'm, I'm a commander's fan so by nature i don't mind drafting once because i believe more in the team but again i don't want him as my lead dog you know I, I don't mind him as my second or potentially third but obviously again never fourth psa do not draft four quarterbacks i cannot say that enough um but yeah so so again it's it's i, I think that that's an interesting strategy to to, to go with
0: yeah, I'm glad you said that because I I totally agree. Um, I I don't mind drafting Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, and Travis Kelsey early. Maybe even Darren Waller and George Kittle if if they you know if they fall down maybe a little bit in ADP. But I really don't like that you know the Dalton Schultz to TJ Hawkinson to Dallas Goddard range. I don't I don't think you're getting a lot of value over replacement compared to what you can get Zach. I love Zach Ertz in round nine and ten. That's that's been a a big one I've been hammering Albert O in the 13th or 14th round. That's pretty automatic for me, especially if I'm only had drafted, uh, you know, if I'm a little weak at tight end at that point. Um, yeah, I just don't, you know, you see only three or four tight ends, usually every single season provide really great value, maybe even just one or two really uh, great value over replacement, even Darren Waller last season. Um, they, you know, just a couple points over the tight end, you know, 12 points per game. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, it just yeah, I don't think it provides much advantage either.
1: How how crazy at tight end do you like to get um, towards the end of the draft? Like I, th- so this year I've really kind of honed in on it, but I'm taking guys that I don't think are being drafted in every draft, uh, such as like Mo Ali Cox. I like his situation this year. Tall dude. Um, you know, Matt Ryan through his career has loved using the tight end. So I think he's going to kind of fall in love with how big Moale Cox is, how strong he can be uh in the uh end zone. So uh, I'm taking him, uh, Greg Dolchich, who is you know Albert O's counterpart, obviously. I don't mind taking the, the shot on him. He's he's not the guy who's gonna be in there blocking. It's gonna be Albert O. So will Albert O be on the field more? Yeah, most likely, but if they find that Dolchitz has better hands than Albert O or that Wilson likes him a little bit more. I'd rather take the shot on him way late. You know, my, my last pick as my third tight end, if I'm going to take one of those builds and and take those guys. So are you, are you finding that you're taking any of those, maybe not always drafted like tight ends at the end,
0: man, you know, the only one that I can say that I've been targeting as your, as your commander's boy, Logan Thomas um i've been you know when i when i get to the end of drafts if i need another tight end if i like the value he's been a guy i've been drafting you know he doesn't go to get drafted in every single draft um he's somebody i get maybe gets round 17 or 18 sometimes um you know we've seen the ceiling with him carson wentz um i think you know he's going to need a safety blanket if logan thomas comes back healthy and especially you know in the second half of the season he's definitely someone who has the potential in that round to be a, uh and that be a difference maker um the other guys uh, I, I probably have zero exposure to those guys and I've done a lot of drafts. Uh, the Mo, I, I probably should get some Mo Alley Cox shares. I just haven't been thinking he's not been too far on my radar this year, but if that offense is fantastic, he has the capability of falling in the end zone eight times, which, you know, if, if he, which he could definitely be in your lineup a few weeks, if that's the case.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 definitely. And you know, again, like this approach is, is just usually for like my third tight end or if I draft kelsey and just ignore tight end throughout the rest of the draft and just need to take one you know to, to cover bye week or something I'll, I'll take a shot on any of these guys you know there's a lot of people for their last pick usually like to correlate um with a you know your stacking uh, potential for um you know if you have a, a quarterback and want to take just a off the wall wide receiver like if i take justin fields i like to take velas jones a lot um i've taken Nikhil. Mm-hmm um Nikhil Harry uh you know once or twice now as well so uh, I I know yeah don't look at me like that it's it's uh (laughs) it's 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 Uh -uh. not optimal but again like uh, there's not gonna be many people who draft that I want to be a little unique at the very end just in case I get into the big dance and week 17 Nikhil Harry puts up three touchdowns and nobody has them but I do so I want to be a little unique so it's for me it's either take one of those off the wall wide receivers or one of those not drafted tight ends usually
0: all right, before I tell him two better players to take than Nikhil Harry in the last round, I'm going to remind you about draft day 2.0, and you're going to be in it if I believe, right? Yep, yes, yep, I'll just be in the, yeah, the, the whole 24 party. hours. I love it. Fabulous. Well, you'll be seeing a lot of Andrew. It's Ryan Real Money Kramer will be drafting fantasy football best ball teams for 24 hours straight. The drafting starts on August 9th at noon Pacific. The crew will be raising money for Daryl, a loyal listener, who was injured in a motorcycle accident. You can draft with Ryan and a ton of special guests, including Andrew here. All the details at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft day. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft day. We are also brought to you by IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect, protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why using IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the Internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes your virtual invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use pro- promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's slash SGP. And I don't know why you would take Nikhil Harry in round 18 or 17 when you could take Ashton Doolin and James Prochet, the hype monsters coming out of training camp who are actually having positive camp reports. Uh, that Those are guys, especially if I draft Lamar Jackson, I love James Prochet in that last round. I've been drafting a ton of Ashton Doolin in round 18 over the last couple of days, um, just hearing the Colts. Um, yeah, like I said, just hearing the Colts practice, uh, what's coming out of there. He's making a big play every single practice, and he hasn't been drafted a lot yet. And I I think his ADP, um, once we start getting into uh, end of August, I think he's going to be a guy that you see going around 14 or 15. So I, I'm going to take my exposure in round 18 now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of think we're doing the same thing. Uh, we just obviously have conviction on different players. So I, again, it's, you know, I only take Harry and Vilas Jones. If I take um, Justin Fields, I'm not going to take a squirrely wide receiver way at the end. If I don't have the quarterback, um, you know, s- same thing like with Allen, um, I'll, I'll take the rookie uh, Shakir. Um, you know, I, He's probably a little bit more drafted because, you know, of course, everyone thinks Allen's going to be, you know, Jesus on ice skates out there this year. So I, I think he's going to be completely fine. Um, you know, but there's there's definitely some wide receivers towards the end of the draft um, and and actually running backs, too, that I don't mind stacking um, that are, you know, the round 17 or 18 guys that I'll, I'll take a shot on. Um, who are some of your favorite late round, you know, both running back and wide receivers to, to take? Who are you most exposed on?
0: Yeah. Um. You know what? Let me pull it up here. Give me, give me two seconds. The underdog app is fantastic for this because I can just answer this question right away. It doesn't even have to be something I have to think about. I can just pull up my most exposed players right now. If it, it pulls up. Okay. My most exposed player in underdog is Curtis Samuel. You oh, to love this as a commander. There you go. 35% of drafts. He, he actually, I wasn't thinking about him, but he is a player when i see him popping up i see potential in that round 16 range i've been drafting a lot of him this uh kenny galladay is still at 29 percent. i drafted a lot of him at the beginning of the season like i said i'm a, a little regretting that a little bit of that now i'd like to see more camp reports but he could he's being paid like he is the lead wide receiver in that offense donovan peoples jones sky really like great camp reports um it just really depends on Deshaun Watson. If Watson's out there the second half of the season, I think we're going to see a lot of big games. If it's Jacoby Brissett, maybe it's nothing. But um, you're getting him for free um, most of the time. He's, he's risen in ADP the last couple of weeks, but I was getting him a lot in that kind of round kind of 17 or 18 range early on. And I, I know it's not exactly a late round, but Alan Lazard, 27%. Yes. I've, yes, been, count, no, I've been pounding Lizard. that. I've been, I've been hitting that all off season. I think he's gonna have a great year. Uh, I just can't see him not returning on ADP. Yeah, no, no, no. hundred percent on Alan Lazard.
1: I, I, you know, wrote an article uh about a month and a half ago or so and I highlighted Lazard. He was he was still he was like 25, 30 um positions left on on, on ADP than he, he currently is now. You know, he was down the board even more than he is now. Like where he is now is still a value to me. Um love Lazard. Uh, you know, he's He's going to be able, I think it was like 270 some uh, targets are available now with Adams and MVS gone. Um, so I I love Lazard. Uh, I like Romeo Dubs as well. And I know we're going to talk about him a little later on if we get to the news. So um, I, I pulled up my exposure while you were talking here and uh, the my top five guys. And again, there's only one of them that are really late. It's a uh, Tyrion Davis price, the running back for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, he's he's a guy I've drafted some of as well but you know i think we've seen through kyle shanahan's career that he likes to use multiple backs so i love tdp i mean that that's somebody i'm i'm 33 drafted on it and that's gonna go higher i mean i i I can't quit him he's like he's like lavisca chenault for me the past two years i just can't quit him so uh, you know he's the guy i have the the most exposure uh actually he's tied with
0: cole comment as well for me i love it fabulous hey you know what we, I'll tell you, I made all this content today. We just rattled it off. We 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 ran out of time. Like we, I didn't even get through the show sheet. or I mean, we had we were just had so much to talk about. I love it. That's certainly actually, I think, a better problem, um, not getting to quite everything than being 30 minutes in and being out of stuff to talk about. Um, so what I I might what we might do, I guess, is we will just tackle a bunch of training camp news next week. I think we will be doing a podcast every week for as long as they let us. <laughs> uh, and we will tackle a bunch of training camp news next week. We will tackle, um, I had positional kind of positional strategies on the We tack, we, we, we talked actually quite a bit about that kind of our positional strategies, but maybe we'll dive a little bit into that. Just talk about specifically our quarterback running back wide receiver tight end strategies. We'll, we'll get to the camp hype. Um, you know, it's Romeo dub sky, more time Kareem hunt is, uh, requested a trade. That's a big one for those. Maybe just listening tomorrow over the weekend. Um, We'll see if that happens. I don't know how many teams are looking for a running back, but that is a potential uh, game changer who could, um, if if he goes to Miami Dolphins, sorry, Chase Edmonds owners. But um, yeah, it was a great first show. Uh, just easy. just uh, Man, I thought that went way smooth. I was really nervous to get started, but um, it was definitely a lot of fun. How'd you feel?
1: Uh, yeah, I think actually this went pretty smooth. Um, again, you know, we, we talked enough that we didn't even get to everything we wanted to talk to. Um, and, and again, yeah, I, I was worried that we weren't going to be able to fill up enough time and, and we just kind of got off on a tangent, which is awesome. This is what I love about fantasy football, you know, talking to people um, about strategies, about players, you know, I, I do it with my buddies all the time when we sit around, drink some beers, we're just constantly talking about fantasy. So it's, it's awesome. You know, fantasy is great. Uh, best ball is great. So I'm I'm very excited to continue these shows here and, um, um you know uh, again you can find us on twitter um at sports family podcast at sgpn fantasy football um are we gonna pull up our own twitter for the best ball or are we just gonna link in with uh, fantasy football
0: (laughs) Um, you know what that's one of those things we're gonna learn we'll slowly but you can find what's what's your twitter handle for the for the listeners
1: uh, it's at my first initial last name. So at a Rob, so it's a R a U B 23. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really all I use is Twitter and discord. Um, I, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but you don't got to follow me. There.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter's my Twitter and Reddit are mine. Um, you can follow me at dynasty underscore analyst, um, on Twitter and just dynasty analyst on Reddit. Uh, it was a great first show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, do uh, type in that promo code on underdog. If you haven't, if you haven't used it before that SGPN promo code, uh, you can deposit up to $100 and they will match that. Um, yeah. Great. for First show, Andrew. Thanks for joining and uh, our well, hosting. I don't know what I'm saying. We're both going to be hosting this every week. Um, it's going to be fantastic. I'm definitely looking forward to the next one. Like I said, um, I was super nervous to get started, but I think uh, now this is going to be super easy. Got some chemistry going and we will see y'all next week. Thank you so much.